0: 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0, ignition, liftoff. Welcome to The Shiv Show, where we are all about people getting to know people. We are here to humanise the individual behind their brand and share their story with the world, with of course, a few laughs in the mix. Now, it's time for your host, Australia's most Canadian podcaster, and just like the knife, Shiv Rat.
1: Hello, hello, hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Shiv Show where we're all about people getting to know people. Now in this episode we're gonna to get to meet Roshan Carew. Now Roshan is just an amazing person. I had the pleasure of meeting Roshan about a year and a half ago when I moved over to Australia and right off the bat I knew that this guy was the shit. <laughs> uh, just a, an amazing guy, incredible story. We're gonna to touch on Roshan's experience in the tech industry. We're gonna talk about Roshan's boxing career as well as Rashan's brother now Rashan lost his brother to to testicular cancer just a few months ago um, and since then Rashan's been doing so much in the community and working with Movember very closely um, to help younger younger men look for early signs of testicular cancer so he's doing so much uh, I hope you guys enjoy this episode if you want more information about Rashan please read the blog on shivrad.com and that should have all his information there Anyway, without further ado, here is the episode. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of The Shift Show. Today we have Rashaan Carew with me. Rashan is one of my really, really good friends that I met uh, last year when I moved over to Australia. Now Rashaan has an incredible story and we're going to dig right into it. So Rashaan, welcome to The Shift Show, my friend hey man thanks for having me shiv
0: how you doing good man good we're having these beers so i'm pretty happy at the moment buddy cheers <laughs> yeah yeah cheers, cheers first of all uh
1: <laughs> thanks for doing this man i really no appreciate worries. it um rishan this show is all about people getting to know people you know I'm, and people are hearing me say that all the time who are you who is Rashan karu can you give everybody just a little gist of who you are what you like to do maybe some things about you
0: yeah, definitely, man. Um, like we've had a lot of conversations, which I think we'll get into in the, in the later part of this podcast, man. But um, I think I think the best way to explain it. I remember I was watching this YouTube video of Will Smith, and he was talking about you know Fresh this innov- Prince. Yeah, man. Like in his career, he was talking about this like very innovative side of him, and he's this huge inspiration to so many people out there. And, and for me, I used to watch a lot of YouTube videos about this sort of stuff. And um, there's one thing that he said that really resonated with me, and he said. There was one, like, you know, you get all these people who say you can't do this and you can't do that. So he said it took one crazy person to go out there and say if you bend a piece of metal and you can put a 100 people in in this piece of metal that's bended by whatever whatever techniques they use and you can fly people halfway across the world, how is that possible? And this crazy mofo went out there and convinced some people that it was possible. And he did it. And he did it, man. And, (laughs) And then to me, I was just like, shit, if this guy has the ball to do something like that, then, you know, if it just resonated with me, then that's definitely something that I want to take with my life as a, as a, as a lesson. So I've used that, you use that thing every single time um, that I do something, man. And, and I think that's why I've had failures and that's why I've had successes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's such a good lesson though. It's true. Yeah. It's one person. It's yeah. one person that, we were talking about this earlier, the Nike slogan is one of the best Ones, and I wish they can use the F word and say just fucking do it because yeah. <laughs> that's really all you need to do, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah seriously, man.
0: It. Yeah, and even um, you know, even our, our company that I work for now, um, in tech, you know, they they've got this um, this value as well. And it's get it's essentially get shit done. But it's, you know, for, for compliance reasons, we say get get quality stuff done. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's so true, right? It's like if you're gonna do something and then do it at a hundred percent, don't have any reservations when you're gonna do it because otherwise. You're not doing anything to your full capability. And that's when things get hindered in life. Yeah, and yeah. so that's that's the lesson that I've had. That's that's pretty much who I am.
1: <laughs> I like it. I like it. We're very similar. We're very similar. Listen, um, quickly before we get into anything else, you know, hobbies. What, what are some of your hobbies you like to do outside of work?
0: Dude, boxing is like my bread and butter, man. I love it. Yes. Um, the story behind, behind that was um, I was at university and... Um, I had so much energy because I was missing classes and going to, going to bars and drinking and things like you do when you first at uni. Shocking, couple... man. I never did that. Yeah, dude. I'm <laughs> sure you did. <laughs> I'm sure that's resonating with a lot of people. And so, you know, failed a couple of subjects and, and, and that was obviously because I was working and stuff as well. But there was a boxing gym that was um, down the road and so I went and I was always interested in it and I thought I was, I was going to be great at it. And so I, I went to my first lesson and the first lesson is... Put the headgear on, and they'll put you in, in with someone who's um, done this for, for years. And I got the shit kicked out of me. <laughs> and um, from then, I realized that it wasn't it wasn't so much about hitting people; it was more about the science and the mechanisms behind that. And so it was about getting. As Floyd Baylor says, he goes, "Get hit," and, and uh, sorry, don't get. He says, "Don't get hit," um, and uh, sorry, hit and don't get hit. Yeah. And um, and to me, that that was like a huge art, dude. Like I sat there and I, I learned techniques and stuff and so i went seven days a week to this boxing gym um and i perfected it and um and then yeah done it for about 10 years now
1: mm-hmm. okay and i want to dig in well i wanted to dig into boxing later but since we're on the topic you know what sort of mindset do you have to have to be a successful boxer
0: it's it's seriously like and and,
1: and well the, sorry to cut you off but the reason i'm asking that is every single boxer that you see out there is He's pretty cocky, right? All the all the really successful ones, except Manny Pacquiao, who's like the quietest, most successful, or at least not after this weekend. But uh, you know, he's he's pretty quiet, but he's humble. What sort of mindset do you have to have to be successful and to get through twelve rounds of being, you know, getting your ass kicked, pretty much?
0: I was researching this thing the other day. It takes someone to go, you know, if if I'm going twelve rounds. At the end of a round, or even you know, there's there's ten seconds left. A lot of people kind of back off at that point, but there's something inside successful people where you go, "There's ten more seconds. I need to use this to my advantage." Mm -hmm. And so that's what it is, man. It's like they are cocky, um, and I think I have a part that might come out like that sometimes. Um, But it's not that. It's just having this ability to go, you know, what we talked about with that, you know, some some crazy guy been a piece of metal and flew people across the world in this thing so it's this idea that you can do anything and i think that idea you have to have it if you think you want to be the best and if you want to be the best then it means you've got to beat everyone that's in front of you
1: yeah
0: um so i think that's the sort of mentality and i think winning in boxing is is 90 90 mental because you need to think that you can can do anything in there and um you know you've got obstacles in there that you've got to face and and um you need to overcome all of them
1: yeah yeah, yeah. have you ever knocked anyone out yeah tell me about <laughs> tell me about that time like what was yeah. going through your head when you knocked someone out
0: um I'll tell i would mean,
1: imagine it's, it's a pretty good feeling
0: yeah i mean yeah it is It's kind of scary as well when you're doing it because yeah. you want to make sure that they're okay but yeah. Yeah. um my first fight um uh we, it, it's crazy, man. We we always made sure that we did our research, and so we found this guy. Um, I'm sure he's you know he's probably listening. <laughs> We're friends now, anyway. Um, so he had he had on his Facebook. It said, um, "Fucking hate sexual healing." The song, and so when we did our walk in song, we put "sexual healing," yeah. and I knew at that point that when he heard that song with me walking in, he was going to mentally beat him because I knew that it would make him aggressive. So in the first first round, he Probably you know he probably three seconds, four seconds. And he ran at me and and did this huge Superman punch and I, and I dodged it and I got him in the stomach and that was a really bad um, body shot for him. Um, and in the third round, he'd exhausted his energy um, and I managed to knock him out. And that was that was my very first fight. Round three. Um, yeah, round three. Um, and in amateurs, in amateurs, you only do three three rounds anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know that's 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 fine. But um, it was it was it was crazy to see that what I did outside of the ring is what changed the outcome of the of, of the fight inside the ring.
1: And you kind of just said it, you, you pretty much knew you beat him before you even stepped in the ring.
0: Yeah, 100%, yeah. yeah. Because I think once you've, the thing that I've got in my control is, and, and this I think relates to everything, is you can sit down in anything, your job, in life, with your friends, you've got the control to do anything that you're practicing the best that you can do. And if you believe that you're the best, then to to anyone that's going to be enough. So, the things that you can control also are the things that you can do externally outside of your brain. So, things like putting a song to piss someone off or aggravate someone and change what goes on in their head. Mm. And so, it's a lot of mind games and things. But um, again, I don't try and do that in, in real life with, with relationships and things with people because I think that's the wrong thing to do. But definitely when you're trying to succeed at something um, in a ring, yep. I think it's 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 all part of the fun and games.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, met a, I met a boxer once and, he, and you're probably going to know this a lot better than me, but what he said is boxing is a lot like chess you know it's 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 all about the the moves that you make early on in the game yeah do you agree with that
0: i completely agree Mm -hmm. um you do things early as well it's like you know establishing your reach or you'll you'll faint or you'll you'll um, pretend you're throwing a punch and do a different one and and you'll see how they react and so it's a lot of um i guess understanding what how they're going to react and then uh establishing a game plan and executing it from there okay and um so i think patience with everything is key man yep yeah
1: and that and goes with everything in life really yeah 100 yeah. percent.
0: yeah i mean i used to be like a when i was 16 even up to like 23 i reckon i'm 28 now i i was really like really impatient man i just wanted everything now and you can even ask um you know people that i know that we know that you know you ask asking about how i was and i was really impatient mm-hmm. um and now I understand that the good things take time. Um, but if you be smart about it and you network and, and speak to the right people and you get the good um, mentality in your head, man, you can you can do anything really fast. It's true. Yeah.
1: I totally agree with that. I think we were chatting about it earlier. If you just put yourself out there, yeah, the things that can happen are amazing.
0: Yeah. And like amazing. we said, man, as well, like, you know, the insecurities that you have, you can't control, you can't control the outcome. The only yeah. thing that you control is what you can do. Yeah. So everything else
1: is just noise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Staying on the topic of boxing, most memorable win and loss. The first one, the first one, the first
0: one that I've ever had is the most memorable win. Yep. And haven't lost.
1: Haven't lost. I haven't lost, man. Not yet. Damn. i <laughs> touch wood.
0: Yeah.
1: Knock <laughs> on that. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Good yeah. for you.
0: So man. I'm going to do one, um, I'm going to do one more fight um, and um, you know, I came to a, I came to work with a with a um, bruised face last time, and customers <laughs> seem to love it. But yeah. um, it's, it's a good definitely story. Something. It is, man. Yeah, I, I, I think um, for me now though, it's just I'm at the point now. It's not going to be a career for me, so I want to um, teach people what I know, and and it's not just physically, but it's um, a lot of the way that I think, and hopefully that makes people successful because I, I think I honestly believe I've beaten people. Now that my career is ending, I think I can say honestly, I've be, I've beaten people who were better physically than me and bigger and stronger mm-hmm. um, and probably more skilled but the thing that I didn't have was the mental side okay. um, which I think applies to so, so many things.
1: So many things. Agreed. So staying on the boxing topic very quickly Floyd Mayweather or Conor McGregor? Floyd Mayweather. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally agree with you man.
0: Yeah. I um, I think though in saying that I think McGregor's got an awesome left hand um, and I think people will definitely um, agree with that. I think mm-hmm. in the last 10 fights or something he spent only 21 minutes Mm-hmm. On his feet because um, he is that good. So doing you know 36 minutes on his feet can be a lot different. Um, but also, man, to be honest, um, you know I'm a huge Mayweather fan. I followed his whole, whole career, especially his last ones. You know against birdo he smashed him. And so I think McGregor's awkward stance, I think, will show some um, some disruption to um, to Mayweather's Mayweather's game plan because he doesn't he doesn't know how to fight against that sort of stance. So I think that's the interesting interesting side of it, um, and I think he could do some damage, man. Um, so it'll be interesting. I also watched a video recently, just quickly, that um, this guy was showing, um, you know, four ounce gloves in MMA versus ten ounce gloves or eight ounce gloves in um, in boxing. Even though they're smaller, mm-hmm. the padding around the knuckles was actually less in in the glove, and so he could feel more from 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 the knuckles in the boxing glove. So. Really? If Mayweather um if Mayweather gets hit from from um, you know McGregor's knuckles man then um he's got to watch out. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. I feel like they're both underestimating each other. But I still think Mayweather is going to take it. I think it's, so. It's his too. game, right? And yeah. it's, it's mental. I think that you know McGregor is doing a lot to, to hit uh, Mayweather in the mind but it's not it's not facing him, man. No. You know, it's not facing him at all. He's still extremely cocky same Mayweather, Mayweather that we know and he's not exactly hitting back. So I like that. I'm pretty pumped to see it. So I, I can't might, wait, man. Well, you're going to be yeah. in Vegas, aren't you? So. I might be in Vegas, yeah. 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 We'll, uh, <laughs> we'll see if I can get to the fight.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Really? Well, they're like minimum like $2,000 tickets. I think the most expensive one was like 150 grand. Uh, right. Man, that, I mean, that's the, that's a lot of money. That's like, you know. It's
1: pocket change for you. Chief. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I wish. we <laughs> make
0: some bonuses.
1: <laughs> Listen, you know, fitness. Right. I want to talk about fitness. And fitness has been a, it, it's a big topic on the podcast, on The Shift Show in general. You know, how has fitness changed your life? And have you always been fit? Have you gone through any sort of transition?
0: I've, um, I mean, um, I guess I'll pose the question back to you as well um, after, after I respond to it, man. But I, I, um, I've i always been into my fitness. Um, I've played sports my whole life. I played very high-level um, soccer. Um, I was in athletics. i um into very high-level uh, high level athletics, um, cross-country and things. So I love it because it's, it's it's again, man, it's, I, I don't think... I don't think it was about um, the addictiveness to sport, per se, except for boxing. But I think it was the idea of getting in there and trying to mentally beat someone. Um, and and that shows, man, especially in something like cross-country, because it's not just a... Actually, this is a cool thing to bring up. It's not just a mental game with other people, because that that then is about yourself.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It was actually a mental game with, your, with yourself. Yep. Because you go out there and you're running, and then you go, I can't run anymore. And then you, your mind goes shit you know what you can and if you look at all the successful people in life um it'll actually show that most of them are actually doing long distance running in the mornings
1: so you've had a pretty you're right you're right you're right actually no just going back to the the long distance running i think a lot if they're not running they're at least waking up in the morning and going on long walks right right? and i think that's a that's a huge huge part of a lot of successful people that are out there right yeah well
0: it's It's this thing thing as well man like so you know you like how many people? How many people do you see every day that you know you go to work and you see a hundred people at the office? How many people would you say who have a coffee? Hundred people. Hundred people, right? Yep. Yeah. So you imagine they're doing it every day. So there's this thing that, that you know. There's a lot of studies out there as well that say kinetic energy makes um, uh, movement makes kinetic energy, which means you're get, you're going to be more awake. And so why not get up an hour earlier and move? Yep. Have your shower and go to work and I can guarantee you're gonna feel a lot better. People go, okay, I'm gonna get up a bit early and get to work early, but you're still tired. Yeah. So it's like, do something, make it like move, get your body moving so you can get kinetic energy and then that's gonna to translate to energy that helps you throughout your day. And you can stop that coffee, man. You go $3 a day over seven days, $21, times that by the amount of weeks in a year, man. That's, it adds up. That's a lot of money. Yeah, you know, yeah, I totally
1: agree with you, man. I, you know, I tell a lot of people, like we, we chatted about this earlier everybody has the same amount of time a day everybody has 24 hours in a day just use it to your advantage wake up that hour earlier work out go for a run go for a walk yeah just get moving yeah man. No, i tell my friends that i tell my family family that like just do something active because everyone's like shiv how did you lose weight i just moved yeah (laughs) it's not it's it's actually not hard yeah losing weight is not hard you just move yeah you eat a little bit healthier and then you you change your diet and you know change your lifestyle and it's not hard if you if you do it in small steps it's not hard I lost a lot of weight very quickly because I, I I made some drastic changes you know I quit drinking for six months yeah I changed my diet and I started moving every single day twice a day sometimes even three times a day and lost you know what is it 54 kilos or that's 100 crazy, man. that's that's yeah that's 130 crazy. pounds in, in 11 months right because like, it took me less than a year to actually do it it's insane well so it it, and, and and why? Because I, I decided to move. I decided and your to to and move. how's your mentality changed?
0: How's your mentality changed? My
1: mentality has changed. It, uh, you know, I always say. So I was in martial arts growing up, and I think that that gave me a lot of confidence. But what I guess you know, skyrocketed my confidence was was losing the weight, because I was always fit growing up, and then all of a sudden I started getting bigger and bigger and bigger and letting go, and I couldn't find a job. You know, couldn't talk to women, had zero confidence, wasn't even doing good in school, mm. right? And then I decided, I made a conscious decision to just change. I said, fuck it. Literally, I said, fuck it. Yeah. Let's change. And, uh, man, it's, it's, I'm telling you right now, it has helped me so much. It has changed who I am. You know, I'm, I'm a complete different Shiv than I was, you know, five years ago when I was overweight.
0: That's good, man. And that's yeah. such a, like, a strong message to so many people out there because you get stuck in your day every day doing whatever you're doing and probably 95% of people hate what they do every day. Yep. And so you've got to control what <laughs> yes. you can, right?
1: Exactly. Right, yeah. So and, and let me tell you this. I was the laziest person out there. So if the laziest person out there is telling you now that it's yeah. easy, it's actually really easy. For sure, man. You know, and, and I've helped a lot of people along the way lose weight. Yeah. And just change. And, and, you know, I went to a conference a little while ago and they they said, Shiv, you know, what do you do? And I said, oh, I'm in sales. They're like, no, what do you do? And I said, oh, you know, I sell technology. They're like, what do you do? I'm like, "Uh, I don't really know. So they said, think about it. And next time you answer that question, think about what your passion is. So now if somebody asks me what do I do, I say I help people regain their confidence. That's awesome. Right? Because I can help you lose the weight. Yeah. I can help you change your diet. I can help you get confident. I can help you do some sort of public speaking at, at work if you were scared to do before. I'll actually help you do that. Yeah. So that is now my passion. Right? You know what's
0: crazy, man, is like the whole topic about this is it's all in the mindset. Everything <laughs> is mentality. And Everything. Yeah, dude. Everything. We talked about that.
1: boxing earlier. Boxing is mentality.
0: Yeah. Right? Like, you Like mm-hmm. you. like, I didn't, I didn't speak, I, when people ask me about boxing, I didn't speak that much about the physical side or... Or anything, you know. As, as we go down more in this in this podcast, man, like I won't speak that much about physical stuff because everything stems from the thought, and that thought has to provoke your actions, and that's mm-hmm. all it is.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, I do have one friend named Yasser who who really pushed me to lose weight. I I, I give him I give him a lot of the credit, but you know, at the end of the day, who pushed Shiv to lose weight? It was Shiv. Yeah. But right? I changed my mindset. Maybe I had some help, but Everybody has help, right? It's, just, it's, it's a fact that if, are they going to take the help? Yeah. Are they going to throw it out? You know, throw it in the garbage? And I decided to take the help. Yeah. And I changed my mindset. So you're right. Everything is mental. What do it's you reckon about this?
0: Because I guess like, you know, I've got a lot of friends who, um, or acquaintances even who, probably do need to lose um, um, weight. Not in a bad way, just but you know because they do want to be healthier. Um, and they have not taken, taken that advice um, from anyone. So what made you take that advice?
1: Well, I woke up one morning with, with some heart pains and heart pains run in my family, as you know, and um, I just decided to go to the doctor and, and see what's up. And I went to the doctor and the doctor said, Shiv, you're, you're, you're overweight. And if you, are, if you keep doing what you're doing by the time you're 30, you're not going to be here. And I remember getting pissed off. I remember leaving the doctor's office. Cause, and I went home and I told my parents, I'm like, man, the doctor pretty much called me fat. I'm pissed off. Like He can't do that. that He shouldn't do that, blah, blah. And my parents were like, well, you know, maybe you should lose weight. Right? Maybe yeah. you should get healthy. And I went to sleep and I was pissed. And I woke up the next morning. And like that was the trigger that I needed. That was the kick in the ass that I needed. You know, doctor literally said, Shiv, if, if you're 30 and you keep doing this, you're not going to be here. Yeah. I want to live a long life, man. I want to live a healthy life. I want to have a wife Same. and kids, and you know, all. That. I want to grow my empire. I can't do that if I if I'm gone by 30. Like, how am I gonna how am I gonna make this happen? Yeah. Uh, so that was my trigger in my mind to to just literally change everything.
0: And it's cool, man, because now like it's these stories that make you an inspiration to people who haven't done it yet, but they want to do it. Yeah, and it's, yeah. And it's cool, man. It's it's like I really. I really love those stories, man. So that that's awesome, dude.
1: And that's that's what this show is all about, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm With the hopes of people listening and maybe that's giving them the kick in the ass that they need.
0: Right? Yeah. 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 For sure, man.
1: So, what what actually keeps you motivated in terms of, in terms of fitness, in terms of you know what you're doing with your job and you're doing you're doing from what we spoke about, you're doing a great job at, at your new job and with your other business, and we'll talk about that later. What keeps you motivated and what keeps you going? I'd say.
0: Um, we spoke about this earlier actually which, which is it's completely my um, my personality I don't want to be comfortable yep. so if I know that there's something if I sit down on the couch and I know that there's something that else that I can do I need to do it because if you don't do it then your legacy that you leave behind after this after you know you live this life um, won't be the legacy that, that you want to have left behind and so every action that I do is going to make the future generation of whatever it, you know of earth um, a lot better because of I took these actions um, and make everyone's lives better, man. And, and that, seriously, the idea of innovating and doing crazy shit and, um, um, you know, actually actually doing it and, and taking the action to do it. It's one thing to say it, but when you do it, it it's completely different. Um, that motivates me, man, every yeah. day. And I don't think that's ever not being in... I don't think it's ever not been in my um, my vocabulary, ever. So that's, that's, you know, that's generally what it is for me.
1: Really? Yeah. I like that. I like that. So... Who are some of your mentors? I'd imagine you have quite a few. Just you know, even with boxing and with the personal stuff that you've been through, and and with your with your job right now in tech. You yeah. know, who are some of the mentors? Uh, so I
0: definitely say, um, which we'll talk about later as well, the story of my brother. Um, he was he was probably the biggest mentor that I ever had. Um, one of his best friends as well. He's one that I've taken with um, with career advice. Um, and just to be honest, man, like I I think just. You can always specify a person, but I think the motivation to me, and the mentor that I have, it all there's always one other slot in my life that always changes. So I met you today, and you mentored me through some things that I've gone through just by saying things about yourself. Um, and then tomorrow will be someone else, and tomorrow will be the day after that. So I I think there's always one slot in your life for a mentor that should always switch around, and that should be like a hybrid mentor almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and it keeps you motivated to network them because I know, you know, I've, I met a guy in a shoe shop the other day and um, he's the owner there and I I went in a few times. I didn't ask him questions about his business and I asked him um, a question this time about his business and now he's helping me with my business and he's now a mentor to me, you know, and, and after, you know, people come and go in your life, he'll, you know, he'll obviously leave and we'll stay friends, but there'll be a new mentor with a new purpose in my life. Yeah. Um, and I think it's a good lesson to have to people, so it's not to be scared to ask the questions that you really want to ask.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that will help you out. I had, uh,
1: I had someone ask me the other day, why, why do you need a mentor? And he was actually confused that I had a mentor. And he was like, Shiv, why, why, do, you, why do you need one? You know, what, what's the point of having a mentor in, in your life? And I was, I was, like, I couldn't fathom that he was asking me that. Yeah. Because who doesn't need a mentor in their life? Like, you know, one of the, one of the quotes that I like is, even Ali had a mentor, or yeah. even Ali had a coach. Yeah. Come on, right? Like, Ali, one of the greatest Yeah. to ever live. Of course he had a coach. He had somebody he looked up to. So for someone to ask me, like, and, and they had the attitude that they didn't need a mentor because they, they knew everything. And I just, it bothered me a lot. It actually bothered me a lot. And for the, for the, for the entire day, I was thinking, I'm like, how am I going to get them to understand that they need a mentor so to be honest mentorship for me is something that I, I invest a lot of time in and invest a lot of money in because it, it's helping me develop yeah right would you say you know in terms of development how is it helping you develop Rashan, to the next step it's taken me to the next step 100% um, you know pe- for example
0: right like I'll, I'll say I, I'm a, probably a mentor to about six people close closely a mentor to about six people and I never thought I would be but people have come out to me now because I've gone through the failures failures mm-hmm. and that's going to help them get up to speed a lot faster mm-hmm. and so my mentor has gone through failures that is obviously obviously helps me get to my um where I'm at faster as well and so I think it's just like pay it forward man always pay it forward but to your friend who, who didn't have a mentor the thing I'd say to him is um you know if if he goes through anything who's the first person he speaks to if anything's bad in his life who's he speak to and even though he doesn't think it's a mentor, he probably thinks it's a friend. That's your mentor, man. It's a mentor, yeah. That's the guy who's like, giving you advice about what you're going through. And so everyone has a mentor. Go to the per- try find the person, you know, if you're going through a business problem or a family problem, find out who they are, who you'll go to first. And I guarantee they're your mentor. You just don't know it yet.
1: I really like that. I really yeah. like that. So, you know, when I say the word failure, what does that mean to you?
0: I used to be so freaked out by it, man. It used to like, seriously, I've gone through some as well, which you can go through if you like. Like mm-hmm. I've gone through some, some business values and failures and, values and you know, other areas as well, relationships or whatever. But um, um, I don't mind it now because you learn from it. Mm-hmm. You you go in, you go in 100% and it didn't work out. And the only person to blame is is yourself. And I love that because that keeps me motivated and it allows you then to take a shortcut to do it even better the next time and so you know what you're not good at you know what you're good at
1: but that only happens if you accept that it was a failure because of something that you've done
0: right exactly yeah so I I definitely think a message for everyone out there is don't ever blame anyone else if you're involved in something because Mm -hmm. you can't control that now it's already done it's done and dusted I can put it away and don't even worry about it anymore Mm -hmm. take your lessons from that and then move forward because if you spend time this is one thing like someone said this to me as well they said the most valuable thing in, t- in this life is time. And so even the, the people listening to this, you're giving time to Shiv to listen to his podcast and to me, which is awesome. So when you're giving people time, that's the one thing that you've always got to be precious about. And so if you're wasting time, you know, blaming someone else, that's in a good 10 seconds you've got to done perfecting yourself. Something productive is right. right. That. Exactly. Yeah. So like you've got to be really, um, um, you know, you gotta you gotta know that stuff when, when you're doing anything that you're doing. Mm-hmm. It's really important.
1: Mm-hmm. Listen, just changing gears a little bit. I want to talk about confidence because I, man, you know, you are a very confident person, and we chatted about this earlier. But where do you get your confidence from? You know, I've been out with you a couple nights. You are a very very confident person, Mr. Rashan. How do you? You know, where does your confidence stem from? And how do you how do you stay how do you stay a ten out of ten?
0: I used to be. Um, I'll tell you how how it happened. Sure. Um, I was not that confident before. Um, when I turned 23, I got a job in pharmaceutical sales, and the whole job was pretty much getting rejected by doctors and getting rejected by um, gatekeepers who are the receptionists to get through to the doctor. And so you go up and you say, uh, "Hi, I just want to see this doctor," and I'd say no, and so you be like, "Why not?" And you'd be like, why not today." So you get thrown away. And so then I started learning, like, put a smile on my face, go in there with you know confidence, and just you know try and act it out. Say, oh, hey! I'd love to see this doctor today, um, and I think after that, um, it was really important to, um, you know, it was really important to to have a smile on your face and go out there. And so, after that, um, I was able to to do that, you know, when I was going out or meeting people or clients or whatever it was, and um, and I think that's that's probably what what it what it stems from that that job. Um, and then from then on, I, I noticed that um, being in that element was actually me being myself. And that's something that I could control. Um, and again, it goes down to the mental thing again. Um, who do you want to be and who do you want people to perceive you as? And of course you don't want to act as if you're not anyone else. Um, but you do want to bring out the best side of, of you and everyone will always tell you the best side of you is always when you're happy. Um, and so rejection, I like that. rejection I like isn't, that. isn't your choice. Mm-hmm. It's someone else's choice. And you can't let that get in the way. again, time, man, time is precious. And so, am I going to waste ten seconds being upset about someone who rejected me? Absolutely not, man. I'm going to change my. I'm going to change the outcome by being a better version of myself and trying again. Yeah, it's the only way you can you can really do it.
1: That's perfect, man. I really like that. I, I wanna I wanna bring up. Uh, I guess one of the one of the hardships that you went through quite recently, and that's your uh, your brother. Yeah. So, you know, maybe tell me tell me a little bit about your brother. He was,
0: he was, um, he was awesome. He was, um, I don't know how to, how, how to frame this, but I guess he was the guy that gave 100% to everything. And that's definitely where, where I, I picked it up from. Um, I would always kind of go in half-assed with things and, um, and, uh, but he would just, anything that he did was hundred percent. So his career, he, he made it to a level where he was, um, you know, Working, um, you know, alongside you know, forty, fifty-year-olds as an average, um, when he was twenty-six or twenty-five, um, in terms of you know adrenaline, he loved riding his motorbikes, and he was um, he used to race. Um, he, he used to have his competition with me to see who could put his knee down the far, you know, the first, and, and obviously he did it because he just threw himself into corners at one hundred and thirty k's per hour on a track. Um, but again, he was just this guy, and this is this is the best way to explain it. If you met him. I could guarantee you'd sit here for an hour talking to him about everything about life. He had—he was very worldly, and he listened to you, and he was empathetic. Um, and and um, obviously, it's a shame you lose people sometimes, but it's—it's it's, again sometimes that it's something that I've learned um, that you probably have as well is the—it's the best people in this world that you lose, so they can leave a legacy that makes everyone else a better person.
1: I really like that. Yeah, and that's true. And I felt the same way with my dad. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Sometimes you know, things have to happen, and and you realize, you realize really what's gone, and, and you realize the legacy that they left behind, right? Yeah. Now, your brother had prostate cancer. Uh, testicular. Testicular, yeah, yeah, cancer. testicular cancer. Yeah. Now, when when was he diagnosed with it?
0: So it was in 2015. Um, he well, so in 2015, I think this is a really important message as well. Um, in 2015, he felt a small lump and just thought it was the anatomy of, of the testicle. And so he didn't tell anyone. And then it got to, it might have been before that actually, it might have been 2014 or something. So I'm trying to think of the dates, but um, essentially he left, he left that lump for a year and a half and he started getting these leg pains and he started coughing this really dry cough. And he went to the doctors and they said, oh, you know, to go to the physio. So they started rubbing out his legs and um, it wasn't really getting better. So he coughed out a bit of blood one day and he went to the, the hospital and they said, let's just, let's just do a, a, a scan of your lungs. And there was just so many tumors in there because um, it, it, it had spread. And so all of a sudden I got a call one day um, um, from my brother. Um, it was actually on my birthday. It was a really bad day to find out. Um, and he said, listen, I just want you to know, I'm going to surgery, um, they're removing my testicle. I've got testicular cancer um he hadn 't actually told me that it had spread to his lungs as well because it was my birthday and he didn 't want to tell me, which shows what sort of guy he is hmm. um and um you know we found out then he was' in, he was living in Hong kong at, at the time with his partner Sam, and um you know dad flew up there and he flew him back here because they told me he had about a twenty percent chance to live um so man it was it was it was crazy dude but um
1: what, what was going through your head at the time of finding out? I think I just I didn't
0: accept it. I think.
1: Yeah. Was Was there any fear there, or was were you just kind of like, you know, that's that's my brother. He's cool. He's yeah. Be- I I I think.
0: I mean, people who I mean, I I think one thing I've learned now is most families who know someone who have had cancer, um, it's shit, fucking disease. But the thing that went through my head was, this couldn't happen to my family. Mm-hmm. Like, no way. This this is not going to happen to my family. He's my brother. He's only a year and a half older than me. We have got the same genetics. Um, this could have happened to me. Um, yeah. So I was I was just freaked out for him. I, I didn't want him to have to go through this stuff at such a young age. He was he was twenty he was twenty six I think when he was going through this. So wow. Um, wow, yeah, it's a lot to take. It's a lot to take on his age. And um, you know they flew him back to Australia because the the guys here he had a really good oncologist. He gave him like an eighty percent chance to live. And um, he, he had lost so many kilograms. He had nerve pain from the tumors on his legs at that point. He was wheezing. He couldn't breathe. Um, I could hardly talk to him. And I used to have to carry him up the stairs, up and down the stairs. Um, and um, it was really scary to see him in. But um, one thing that that I do know, and this probably could have saved him, is that um, the education that we had in school, like they say, you know, when you're older guys in um, you... It might be like year six even. They say, when you're older, make sure you feel your testicles. There's no education about that in school because um, no one wants to know about it. They think it's gross or whatever it is. So he he wasn't educated about testicular cancer and he didn't know um, the repercussions of it. Um, and because of this now, um, he's, he's not here. So it is what it is. But um, like your dad, uh, we've spoken about this numerous times, they've just left this legacy behind that's made both of us a lot better people mm-hmm. and you know I'm sure I really believe we'll, we'll see both of them again yeah,
1: yeah yeah. and and I think I remember I think maybe a month or two after you passed away um, you, you came over here in my place and we were chatting about it right outside and we were saying that sometimes you actually feel a presence yeah remember that conversation I, I remember crazy. that conversation sometimes you actually feel a presence and before my dad passed away I never believed anything yeah and I was like oh come on that's that's bullshit, right? Yeah. You can't feel anything. And as soon as my dad passed away, I think it was the night my dad passed away, I kind of felt something. Yeah. And up until this day, and it's been three and a half, three years, three and a half years now, I still feel them. Whenever, you know, just randomly. Yeah. I feel something. My hair will raise on my skin, or, you know, I'll, I'll feel like some sort of breeze. Um, I, I feel him around. And that experience alone has made me such a better person so you know how you know what what has this experience taught you about life i think the
0: the thing that i firmly believe now um probably more so than ever is we have a certain amount of time i'll tell you what so so (laughs) this is funny so people always go okay well let's just say we're gonna live for 100 years bullshit and you go okay well let's say we're gonna so it's in my head now i go well at the age of 60 i'm gonna retire and I'm not doing anything. So let's just say, you know, I'm nearly thirty now, and so at sixty years old, that's from from that point on, that's about giving to to my grandkids or my kids or whatever it is. That that's all relaxing time. That's not nothing to do with with me trying to battle it out and, and do whatever it is. Mm. So I go in my head, okay, well I'm going to live till sixty, and I'm halfway there. I've only got thirty more years to go and make my mark in this place. Yeah. And in that thirty years, I could I could get hit by a car or. Or anything and the thing that my brother used to say is, dude, these are the cards that we we get dealt. This is this is just life. Um, and you never know when it's gonna hit you. So um, it's definitely taught me just if you think something, then
1: just go fucking like you just gotta do it. Your brother seemed like he had a very positive attitude.
0: Yeah, so positive man, yeah, I remember I was like Strong, strong guy. Such a strong guy. He he um I'll tell you what, he he did things for, for the family as well. So, um, you know, he came up with this huge grand scheme of things we didn't even know about it so he um he was going through the aggressive treatment like he was we were in the hospital every week and um he had made this goal of like 20 goals and he hit 19 out of the 20 goals that he wanted to achieve before wow. before he passed away and um some of the things were he became a justice of peace he bought a house um within all within a year like he bought a house he um Uh, what else he built all the furniture in in the house. And so him and his partner, Sam were together for five years. And so he built everything in the house. He bought the house. He put all the, all the loans on the right loans that would protect her later on the track, down the track. He created a consultancy firm and he got clients, um, all within a year. And so now everything that he's left for us has been, um, incredible. And, and, um, I'll I'll tell you what, I, I definitely always, always feel his, feel his presence. Um, Presence around it's 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 incredible. I, I sounds crazy, you know. You're saying the same thing, but um, when you feel something, you you really feel it. Um, and we've got I've got some really cool stories around that as well. You know, when after he passed away, which is which is crazy. But yeah, um, yeah. maybe I'll believe it, but um, some people might <laughs> might not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: people won't believe it, but you know, I will believe it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen, um, you know, I want you to talk about what you're doing outside of your day job with with Ophir, yeah, the company that you're running. And and you know what are some signs you mentioned maybe some some lumps on the on the testicle like what are some signs that guys our age or even younger should should look for?
0: Um, so I'll, I'll go over that first because it's on the topic. Um, definitely, you know, you should. Um, so one thing about about this as well is I um, I reached out to the Movember Foundation and um, they need a huge shout out because um, so I've met up with their um the their marketing team and um, you know, went to the strategy day and um, the community manager as well. And they are just such cool people. Mm-hmm. Um, they have spent so much money and, and time into into doing really cool stuff to make guys realize that um you know testicular cancer it's really curable. Nineteen or twenty cases will be cured. It's fine. Really? But yeah, even prostate cancer is pretty good too. They're reducing their, those stats as well. Um, but the thing about the testicles is you need to check it maybe like once every like once every two weeks, once every three weeks in the shower. Um, as long as you get it kind of like three four months before um you know when you feel a small lump you'll still be okay all they do is they'll get rid of the testicle and then that's it it's gone um but just feel for those lumps feel for any inconsistencies and if you do let's go see the doctor yeah. it's one thing one of the disease states that you can have that you can control yourself and so you know the cool thing about you know what he went through um ironically is that all my friends i'm sure including you now as well you all check yeah um, i do and um, yeah. you know it's 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 been really good for me. Uh, all my friends have said I check all the time now, mm-hmm. and I know they didn't before.
1: It's the education that we lacked. Yeah, right? you know, seriously, we we, de- we definitely lacked that education growing up. And I think that if if some sort of education get into the school system at a young age, it, it's an it'll be an no brainer.
0: I um I actually was in um in Melbourne the other day with, with our new office in, in Melbourne, and so I um November Foundation's office is down down the road, so I went and saw their their APAC marketing manager. And I had a chat to them about, um, you know, going out and, and having educational sessions with, with kids in high school, maybe the seniors, to, you know, they're going into university now. They're not going to hear these messages again. So, let's get these guys early and teach them. And so, when they do feel something early, they can get rid of it. And I think it's between 25 and 40, something that guys will generally find this um, find this happening to them. But, um, you know, early detection is, is everything with this thing. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Can you talk about what you're doing with Ophir?
0: Yeah. So, um, my business partner and I came up with this this idea, um, um, let's sell men's underwear. And it was because it was a huge market in Australia and we thought things were really overpriced, but um, the quality was, you know, it was, it was okay. And so, we came up with this concept, let's reduce the price, um, but increase the quality. And so, we've been able to do that. And so, every single person who's now worn them has has felt really great about it, but what was really cool about it, when um, you know, I mentioned Shahan, my brother had um, a consultancy business. He created this this black legacy box that we package all our stuff in. And so, when um, you know, when we decided to to launch our stuff, um, the men's underwear, we actually package everything. When they buy three or more, they package it in this black box that he created. Um, and so, every time they get this box, now when they open the lid, they get the men's underwear. Of course, it's great, but they also get a message to themselves saying, you know what? Um let's make sure that we remember to check our health, where it's mental, prostate, um, or testicular. Um we align ourselves with Movember Um and make sure that they're okay. Dude, it's and it's, and it's awesome. And it, even as a even as a um um even as a present to someone, you know, just check yourself. So that's gone really well with um, you know, we've got a shoot coming up with the um the photographer from Colette with um we're now in conversations with you know iconic um and, and gq um and some other other distributors as well we're we're now finding ourselves um scaling quite quickly um mm. and it's exciting man I, I think it's definitely something that that i um, want to keep pursuing and um uh, my business partner and i have have great plans now to get into other apparel. so we've got um you know women's joggers is coming women's underwear. Um, we've got men's joggers coming. um, we've got socks, so we're going to keep growing and scaling this business forwards, um, and then get our international presence. And, yeah. um, and hopefully this is something that, that, um, to me it's personal because that black box is always going to be his legacy. Exactly. So he's, he's here, man. He's, man. He's, here. he's here, dude, he's here. He's yeah. still kicking ass.
1: Yeah, he's kicking ass, man. He's yeah. yeah. Like well, listen, if you need a, uh, an underwear model, just, yeah, give, well, just give me yeah, a shout, yeah. buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. <laughs> one of the listeners, man. Yeah. yeah. Let, <laughs> let's give no
0: one. Yeah. Reach out. <laughs> No, no, uh, no nudes though. <laughs> oh no! All right, yeah. you'll, you'll be safe, man. You'll be safe. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Listen, you know we can we can talk for hours, man. But uh, I just have a couple quick questions for you. Mm-hmm. Now, what sort of? Uh, actually, no. Let's switch it up. You mentioned before you're you're writing a book. Mm-hmm. Can you just tell us a little bit about the book you're writing?
0: So um, what I did was, um, you know, I was talking to Shiv about this earlier as well. I we're talking about this this mentality thing right it's like if you want to do something just fucking do it like you know like the only person stopping you is is, is um is yourself and so what people do is you go and ask someone like should i do this and they're like oh, i don't know and then so you've just got yourself a hindrance just then if you want to do it go and do it it's your time so i wanted to write a book about um you know testicular cancer and what it means not from someone who had it but someone who lives with that person because i honestly think it was harder for me Living with my brother and seeing him from a third perspective, not having any control over what he was going through, yeah. than himself, and he'll and he would he'd be the first to tell us that as well. So I wrote a book. You know, I sat down uh, within two days and I wrote a book about my life and testicular, and testicular cancer and what it was, taking care of someone who I guess was passing away. Um, and he was he he um, he was around for another year and a half through that process, which is great. So he, he achieved a lot of things, but. It was hard, man. So I wanted to let people know that it's okay um, to still be the person who lives with that. And it's going to be hard. But in that year, I finished my MBA. I, 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 um, I also, you know, I finished a, a, an MBA within a year. I also um, got the highest sales in the company and got wow. brought into this president's club. Um, a whole whole bunch of stuff, really. Um, so I had a really successful year. I launched a few um i did a movember campaign um so I, I had a really successful year for myself but it shows you when things look like they're going to to the end and i wanted to do this for my brother as well um you can like it's crazy like to write i never thought i could write a book in in two days it was crazy
1: <laughs> you know what it is man we said it right from the beginning it's mindset yeah yeah literally yeah and you just decided to change your state you know have a positive mindset and look look at what you've you've accomplished. Yeah, through um, all the adversity that you went through, all the challenges, you managed to accomplish all that.
0: That's it, man. I'm it's amazing. I'm, I'm definitely proud of proud of my um like my 2016 man is definitely my, my proudest year. Um, I, I love everything that that happened, including you know the lessons that I've learned from my brother's death. Um, and it's made it's definitely made me a better person, man. And I continue to to try and be better. Um, and inspire other people to do the same. Yeah. yeah.
1: Any, uh, any last minute advice for, for anyone going through maybe the same situation that you went through?
0: I think, um, you know, you, you look really cl- Actually, I'll tell you what, my brother said this and, and it's it's kind of strange to, to say it again, but um, he said it's not about thinking about death, but it's about being prepared for it. And so, even us right now, right, and I take that because I'm like, well, I kind of am preparing, like. My friend said it the other day, he's like he's he's not a comedian, but he's quite funny. And he goes, The second that you're born is the second that you're dying. Yep. Which is so true, right? So you don't and know when you're one. born to die. Right, you're born yeah. to die, right? And so you got to do everything that you can in this life to make sure that it's better for other people and so pay it forward. So, you know, if you are going through some you see something when, you know, someone's got cancer or someone's ill, which is a lot of the time. Um, you always you always feel like you're you're going through the worst thing compared to someone else, but I guarantee you, it's it's you know someone close to someone who's got a heart attack, or someone's close to someone who's got testicular cancer. You know, talking about us too, we both feel the same way about a loved one, and so don't compare yourself to people, but you know, embrace the time that you have with everyone and spend that time with them and don't waste it. That's that's probably the best advice. I about. love it. I yeah. love it.
1: Listen, if anybody needs a little bit more advice, can you know where can they reach you?
0: Yeah, for sure, man. I'm I'm more than happy for them to reach out to my um my email. So um Rashan R O S H A N at Ophir, O P H Y R dot com dot I'm more than happy to speak to anyone if they need any advice.
1: Awesome. Rashan, yeah. I want to thank you for your time, man. You are an inspiration to many, inspiration to me. I love what you stand for and thank you very much for being on the show. No worries, man. Thanks for having me, bro. Appreciate awesome. it. Thank
0: you. <laughs> no worries, man.
1: Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you missed anything, do not worry. Log on to shivrad.com. That's S-H-I-V-R-A-D.com to listen to this podcast again. Check out the other episodes. And of course, check out the blog. Thanks, everyone. Until next time.